It's HPR, All Things Considered, and I'm Dave Lawrence with the latest episode of Off the Road. Find the whole series at hawaiipublicradio.org slash off the road. And today, it's music superstar Smokey Robinson. So take a good look at my face. You'll see my smile looks out of place. If you look closer, it's easy to trace the tracks of my tears. The Motown legend returns to the show and the state. For his first time in a decade, concerts at the Mac Friday and the Waikiki Shell Saturday. Smokey, aloha, my brother. How are you? I'm good, Dave. And you? I am good, too. Thank you so much. A huge mahalo for doing this and welcome back. Been almost exactly a decade since you were last here and on with us on the show. So just know we really, really, really appreciate it, man. How long ago was it, Dave? I missed that, man. I think May of 2012 that you last came and you oh, were. Oh, my goodness, man. At the Blaze. It's been a while, but I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, it's huge. And, and so, how many shows have you done so far since returning to performing after COVID and sort of fill folks in on what will be in store at these? You know what, man? I don't really know how many I've done. All I know, Dave, is that they've picked back up. And I'm, I'm very happy about that, man, because <laughs> we were shut down for a while. Yeah, yeah. There was nothing going on, man. People were doing virtual concerts from their homes and stuff, you know. Uh, so uh, I've done quite a few, but I'm very happy that they started back up, and I'm really, really excited about coming there. For sure, my brother. And I think we had only one other guest who actually had COVID, and you were actually sick with it. Oh, yeah, man. I, I was really... Um, afflicted by it, man. I was really sick with it. Uh, just before Christmas of 2020, I got it, and uh, I was hospitalized for 11 days, man. It, it really took me out. So, uh, you know, when I hear people talking about not getting vaccinated and not wearing masks and stuff like that, I just think that they're taking a real risk with themselves and with the people around them, man, because it's a devastating thing. Like I said, uh, I, it's, it's something that I, I don't think anyone should ever have and i don't recommend anyone taking the chance on getting it because uh, it was it was really rough going what city were you hospitalized in if i may ask los angeles bless you man so grateful that you're thank you man gotten back into good health and touring and, and me too man oh i know i can i'm high-fiving you giving you many many uh socially distanced high-fives and, and hugs All right, man. <laughs> and uh you know on the note of touring we have this listener steve the mystery emailer and uh he always sends stuff about bands that are coming so he sent a list of previous smoky gigs in hawaii and i'm not going to go through all of them but i was looking at the list and all the way back in uh, September of 71, you first came here with the Miracles. You played the Blaisdell Arena in the parking lot. It was part of the 50th State Fair. you have any memories of that at all, or you've just done too many gigs? I don't remember that particular gig, man, but I, but I do remember coming to Hawaii with the Miracles. Uh, <laughs> but um, that's something, gosh, I didn't know it had been that long, you know. Yeah, and 72, you came back on the Farewell Tour. And I love how tickets have changed, really. That first one from 71, it was 2 bucks. Then in 72, it was three fifty. Hey, isn't that something, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. The, the world has really changed. And a, a brand-new car was $2,000, too. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, a, <laughs> and a burger and soda, everything was just Absolutely. different 
prices. But uh, I was thinking about some of your incredible musical history uh, when we were thinking about how honored we are to have you, you on the show. Born and raised in Detroit, you have an incredible story of how you founded the Miracles. Share a little bit of that with folks. Well, actually, man, when I first met one of the guys who was one of the guys who was always in the group, uh, Ron White, we called ourselves the Five Chimes at first. We started singing when I was 11 years old. I met him. We lived in the same neighborhood, and he introduced me to Pete Moore, who was the other guy who was always there, who became one of the miracles. And then we were singing with two other guys, and we called ourselves the Five Chimes. This was like an elementary school. Wow. And then in junior high school, we changed our name to the Matadors. <laughs> And then when we graduated from junior high school and started going to high school, two of the guys quit the group, and we've got two other guys, and we won a bunch of talent contests and stuff like that around Detroit. And then one of the guys quit, and his sister took his place. And I had written these songs, and we got a chance to audition for Jackie Wilson's managers, and Jackie Wilson was my number one singing idol at the time, and he was from Detroit also. And we went there and sang some songs for them, and they didn't like us because we had a girl in the group, and I sang high, and they thought we were too much like the platters. <laughs> but it just so happens, man, I tell everybody, it was a God day. It was a God day day because that was when Barry Gordy happened to be there that day because he had come. He was just a songwriter at that point. He was just writing songs for Jackie Wilson, and he had some new songs for Jackie Wilson. He just happened to be there that day and liked a couple of my songs that we sang. And he came out and said he liked the brother, started to manage us and so on. About a year and a half after that, he started Motown, man. Do you remember the song, what song it was that impressed him? Uh, there was one song called My Mama Done Told Me. And it turned out to be the flip side of our very first record at all, a song called Got a Job, in answer to the silhouettes, Get a Job. So, yeah, man, so I remember. And Barry Gordy, Motown. Motown was, was Barry's dream. It was his baby. I was the one who asked him to go national because he got tired he was like i said he was a a young songwriter and producer in, in detroit producing records on jackie wilson and writing songs and all that stuff and nobody was really paying him man so he got tired of that you know <laughs> so he wanted to start his own record company which he did and the miracles and i were the first group that he had on his record label because i knew him before he started it and then still it was kind of like the same thing we had records going out and they were all hits man and we couldn't handle them so I was the one who told him to just go national. And he did, and it was huge. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. And yeah. Tears of a Clown, I think about some of the cats that you got to interact with as part of that journey with Barry, co-written with Stevie Wonder. Stevie's my brother. I love Stevie, man. Stevie's my man. So we're very tight. And we've been tight for a long, long, long time. And um, Tears of a Clown, what happened was he had already recorded that track, man. That very track that's on that record, man, he had already recorded that. He and a guy named Hank Cosby, and he couldn't think of a song to go with it. So he brought it to one of the Christmas parties that we had in Motown and told me that he had that music. And would I listen to it to see if I could think of a song for it? And so I said, of course, and I took it home and listened to it. And the first thing it says, dun, dun, dun. Which is Barnum and Bailey or Ringling Brothers, you right. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to write something about the circus. When I was a kid, I heard the story of Pagliacci, the Italian clown who made everybody happy. Everybody loved him, but he didn't have a woman. So he cried in his dressing room because he didn't have that kind of love from a woman. I don't know if he was mythical or real, 
But that's what Tears of a Clown is about. It's about a personalized story of Pagliacci who cried because he didn't have a woman. You know, when other people have taken your tunes and made it part of their repertoire, like when Jerry Garcia used to play I Second That Emotion, ever mean anything to you? It means something to me every time, man. I love it. As a songwriter, man, I can't beat that. I write songs that I want people to sing forever. I want to sing it for many, many hundreds of years <laughs> after I'm gone, like Beethoven. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's why I am a songwriter, so people can sing those songs, and I'm flattered by it, and I love it every time. And I remember when the young kids first coming out, the hip-hop artists and the rap artists start sampling people's songs, and people see me say, aren't you upset they sampled your song? No, sample all of mine. Because it keeps you know? it alive and makes it grow, is yeah, what absolutely, you're saying. Man. And did you like his version? Are you familiar with that cover I talked about, the Jerry Garcia cover of? Yes, 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 I like that. I've never heard one of my songs a uh, version by anybody that I didn't like. <laughs> like I said, as a songwriter, I'm very pleased by that. That's a great way to look at it. And before we wrap it up, there's a great story, uh, Uncle Claude, and how he factors into your life and your very famous name. Yeah, my Uncle Claude, because I, I loved cowboys. And when I was about three years old, he started to take me to the movies to see cowboy movies. And I loved cowboys, especially the ones who sang. Roy Rogers and Gene Autry and those guys like that who had guitars and they sang. And if you asked me what I wanted to be at that point in my life, I would have told you I wanted to be a cowboy. <laughs> and so he had a cowboy name for me, which was Smokey Joe. And that's what he called me. And so when you asked me what my name was, I told you Smokey Joe. So... Everybody's called me that since I was three years old. And when I got to be about 12 or 13, they just dropped the Joe off and I just became plain Smokey. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. What a great life you've had and so many different chapters of it. We're very uh, stoked that we got to have you on the show and sharing some of your memories. And uh, any special thought when you think of Hawaii? Mm-mm, just the fact that I love Hawaii. And when you say Hawaii to me, I get happy. <laughs> <laughs> Just hearing the name. I dig it, brother. Well, stay safe. We're looking forward to seeing you. We really appreciate getting to talk to you today. Yeah, man. It it was great. Sharing some of your great stories with us, my brother. Well, I appreciate you doing this, Dave. Thank you very much, man. You too. Take care. Aloha, bro. Aloha. Show!